once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WHUTs after further review. siren and that music it's time for frank's power play frank take it away and it's actually going to be the playoff edition of my power play today as the nhl playoffs have gotten underway and a lot of series are pretty well pretty well going only one's only gotten one game in we'll kind of get going to them series by series we'll start over in the east division top seed David, the man of God, Harris's Pittsburgh Penguins. How they get the top seed? Because they finished first in the East okay. Division. Right, obviously. So they went by division, so they are up two games to one over the New York Islanders at this point. So game four of that series will be today at 3 o'clock on NBC. So make sure you tune into that one. On the other series... The second-seeded Washington Capitals and the third-seeded Boston Bruins. The Bruins are up three games to one, hun, mostly because Washington's starting netminder went out with an injury in game one, and they've had to put in Craig Anderson, who is well over the age of 40. But Boston up three to one there. But he's a man because he's 40. Yes, it's certain Mike Gundy reference here. So that series will be will resume Sunday night. 7 o'clock on USA Network. Her game five, Hive in Washington. Capitals got to win, or they're going to be hitting the links. Over in the Central Division, top seed Carolina Hurricanes. They're up two games to one over the Nashville Predators. Last night was game three, and it was a thriller with the Predators winning 5 4 and double overtime to cut it to two to one. They'll be back in action on Sunday afternoon at 2.30 on NBC Sports Network. Eric, that's a, that's a series I, I thought that Carolina could possibly sweep, but it'll probably go five, so it might be a gentleman's sweep there. And then the other series in the Central, for the first time in ever, we have a Battle of the Sunshine State. Both teams from the state of Florida facing off against each other as... The, Pan- the Florida Panthers have the two seed. The Tampa Bay Lightning, the reigning champion Tampa Bay Lightning, have the three seed. And the Lightning are up two games to one in that series. He's, and that will resume actually in just under an hour at 12.30 today on CNBC. And I think this is a series I could see going the distance. So that's over. And now we move over to the uh, North Division, which has recently just gotten underway because they still had to finish out the regular season because the Vancouver Canucks having COVID problems. The one series between the top-seeded Toronto Maple Leafs and the four-seeded Montreal Canadiens, first time since the 70s that these two have met in the playoffs. The Canadians are up one game to nothing, but 
the Leafs are going to be without their captain for an undisclosed amount of time. John Tavares took an accidental knee to the head. head and, of course, he's out. He well, he did say that he was, he was okay and he was released from the hospital, so that's good news there. Although I do have to direct some criticism at the Toronto Sun for basically putting the headline, Captain Crunched. For after Tavares' injury, which I thought was highly disrespectful. Why say that? Well, for one, guy suffered a serious injury, and you're going to poke fun at it? Uh-uh, that's that's not going to fly. I, he, I mean, God only knows that he could have been out for an extended period of time, had a long hospital stay, but thankfully he's not going to. And then the other Canadian Division series... The Edmonton Oilers and Winnipeg Jets, the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 they're up two games to nothing. They won one nothing in OT in Game 2 last night. All right, so Game 2 of uh, Montreal and Toronto will be tonight at 7 o'clock on CNBC. Jets and Oilers, Game 3 of that series will be Sunday night at 7.30 on NBC Sports Network. Now we'll transition over to... Who the wild, wild west. And it looks like we may have a sweep that happens. The Colorado Avalanche are up three games to nothing over the St. Louis Blues. That series, as I scroll down, will be on, will resume on Sunday night at 5 o'clock on NBC Sports Network. If Colorado wins, the Blues are going to be hitting the links. And then the other series, the Vegas Golden Knights leading the Minnesota Wild two games to one. That series will resume tonight in prime time on NBC. 8 o'clock with the Knights up 2-1. to one. And also going back to the Avalanche and Blues series, the Avalanche are going to have to be playing an extended amount of time without Nazem Kadri, who was suspended eight games for an illegal check to the head of Blues defenseman Justin Falk. I was actually watching the suspension explanation video from the NHL's Department of Player Safety. It was pretty pretty egregious of a hit. Yeah, he picked the head, even though he said he wasn't trying to. You can't hit anybody in the head like that. That plus Kadri's got a rap sheet, so he got eight games. So there's that. We'll also take a look at some of the regular season league leaders since I've been away for a while. Connor McDavid runs away with the Art Ross trophy for scoring. 105 points in 56 games. That is almost astronomical in these in this day and age of the NHL. Uh, Leon, his teammate Leon Dreisaitl finished a distant second with 84. Nobody else broke 70 points. In terms of goals scored, Toronto's Austin Matthews led the way with 41. He'll take home the Rocket Richard Trophy. McDavid had 33. Alex Dabrinkit, 32, Dreisaitl, 31, Miko Rantanen round out the top five with 30. And on the assist side, the reason McDavid's point totals was so high, 72 assists. Next closest was Dreisaitl with 53, Patrick Kane had 51, Mitchell Marner, 47, Nathan McKinnon rounding out the top five with 45 assists. In terms of defenseman scoring, Oilers' Tyson Berry, Led all defensemen with 48 points, followed by the Rangers' Adam Fox, 47. The Penguins' Chris Letang, 45. 
Lightning's Victor Hedman had 45 points, and John Carlson of the Capitals and Kale McCarr of the Avalanche were tied for fifth with 44. And Jacob Chikrin led the way with 18. Darnell Nurse of the Oilers had 16. Jeff Petrie of the Canadians, 12. Or Michigan State Spartan, Jeff Petrie, I might add. Aaron Eckblad, 11, and John Carlson and Dougie Hamilton rounded out with 11 and 10 each. Rookies scoring. Hey, Kirill Kaprasov led all rookies with 51 points on the year. And he also led in goals scored with 27. This guy's probably going to end up taking home the Calder Trophy this year. Here because of his impressive numbers. Goaltending. And goals against average leader. Here's Alex Nedeljkovic led the way from the Carolina Hurricanes with a 1.90, followed by Philip Grubauer of the Avalanche with a 1.95. David, the man of God, Harris's boy, Mark andre Fleury, 1.98. Semyon Varlamov, 2.04. And Chris Dreger, 2.07 to round out the top five. Save percentage, Nedeljkovic, a .932, followed by Varlamov, .929. Fleury, .928. Dreger, and UC Soros tied for tied for fourth with a .927. And in the shutout department, Semyon Varlamov and Philip Grubauer tied for the league lead in shutouts with seven apiece, followed by Flurry with six, Andre Vasilevsky and Connor Hellebuck with five and four. So that will round out our stat leader talk. Now we'll happen to move over to the coaching carousel and a couple. I, love I, the, I love the coaching carousel. Well, the Columbus Blue Jackets parted ways with John Tortorella. No surprise there. Yeah, that wasn't really what <laughs> that, yeah, that was you, known about a couple months ago. Yeah, he wanted out. Don't know where he'll end up. Doesn't he always like irritate his way out of places? <laughs> well, the I will say this about Torts. He is a hard ass. Yeah, he's hard. He, he's <laughs> a straight to the point kind of guy and eh. he can irritate people. And he also happens to drop off a word that starts with F and ends in U-C-K, and I don't mean fire truck. <laughs> a lot. But some coaching news. And this is where I had a lot of people who thought that I was going to blow up Twitter and rant and rave. Oh, yeah, the Red Wings. Talk about your Red Wings a little bit. Well, they did decide to extend Jeff Blaschel for two more years. I which figured you were going to get that's not, that's not a bad. That's not a bad in. Keep in mind, I did say on Twitter, you can go to my Twitter and see this, I said the only way I'd be fine with Blaschel staying was if he he told his assistants, you're fired. And he happened to fire someone from that school down south, Disco Dan Bilesma, so, who was in charge of running the offense and, of course, the power well, play, which you, he was... Can I ask you awful. this, though? Is it the assistant coaches? It always seems like this. We've had this conversation before. The head guy, not really that good. So what happens? The assistants get the blame. Is that really gonna? Is that really gonna help? Is that gonna really actually help uh, the Red Wing go? Forward? I'll be honest. Would I have rather Blashill gotten fired? Yes. Mm-hmm. But this is something a lot of people will point out, and you know, it's they're not wrong when they say this. There's not a lot of talent there. No, you need talent to win. Yeah, which, again, I can't pin entirely on Blaschel, but he's also responsible for developing Mm -hmm. this roster, which you haven't seen too much of it. Now, 
We'll see what happens, who he brings in to to be the offensive assistant coach. I haven't really heard any indication of who it's going to be. But if he brings in somebody else, and uh, obviously Eiserman bringing in different guys via free agency, trade. Hey, obviously some of the draft picks will be over here next season. Moritz Sider, their defenseman who they drafted in 2019, he will was actually the uh, the uh, Swedish Hockey League defenseman of the year. So he'll be. It's likely he's going to be over here next season playing with the big club. Uh, so obviously, if the roster is reshaped and we're not seeing significant improvement from this year, now what that means, I would say, you know what, be in contention for a playoff spot. Do you get? Do you do you necessarily get there? Maybe, maybe not. But if you're at least showing that, hey, we're in, we're kind of in the thick for the la- the last wild card spot. Uh, if you're if you don't get to if you don't at least reach that level, then I think Steve's got to say, okay, it's time to bring in somebody different. Mm-hmm. I mean, because look, there were areas where they were better. They were better defensively this year. Here they got more points than they did last year, and obviously fewer games. So yeah, there is, there you you'd be stupid to say that there's been zero progress. It's been there. But how long can you wait though? I mean, is, yeah, that's that's another. That, I mean, question. honestly, that's another thing too that worries me because uh, Gerard Gallant, who played with Eisenman, mm-hmm. he's available, and and obviously they've said. They mentioned the name Lane Lambert, who's an assistant with the Islanders, who was also one of Eiserman's teammates. I would say, look, if Gallant's available now, why not pull the trigger? Mm-hmm. Her, but of course, there's say there are people who say, well, there's going to come a time where Blashell's going to go because he'll have talent, but he's not going to win. Obviously, I thought even when he had talent back in 2015-16. Wasn't that impressive because I've, uh, I've I've maintained this all along. He's someone who was successful in college in the American Hockey League, mm-hmm. but flopped in the NHL. There's a long list of coaches that have done that, mm-hmm. and in more more often than not, you're going to see that if you bring somebody up from the American Hockey League to coach in the NHL. I mean, sometimes sometimes some coaches will hit it off. Case in point: John Cooper of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's won a cup, and I mean there. And there's been uh, there's been others too that have done well, but more. Uh, but you're gonna uh, uh, often see guys who are gonna win like the Calder Cup of the AHL. They'll go to the NHL, might have a year where they get in the playoffs, and then they just flame out. Right. Uh, but again, we'll we'll see what happens. And it just, I think it really shows how patient Steve Eiserman's willing to be. But then again, though, how much page? How many years is this that Eiserman's in? This will be this offseason will mark year three, the start of his regime. Okay, so he, so by, I think by year five, <coughs> where where are you expecting him to be at though? Is Blashell still there? You because you, this is the, the problem that you can have. Okay, you're giving Blashell a chance, but let's say the next two years he doesn't do anything. You're back at kind of square one, the back to rebuilding. Yeah, I do acknowledge that. I mean, I don't think, I don't think by year five he's going to be here unless, mm-hmm. unless there is like, unless there is like a super significant progress. Like they, like the team goes and 
makes the playoffs, goes on a goes on a bit of a surprise run, on mm-hmm. uh, wins a series and and then gets gets the second round, pushes their competition to the edge, but just runs out of gas. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that if that happens, then okay, I think the the tenor of the conversation is a lot different. But yeah. Uh, but I'm not expecting that. I'm expecting to be in contention for one of the last playoff spots. Maybe you get you get closer to that 500 mark. Hark, you see guys who start playing better. But obviously, Eisman's brought in different players, like the whole deal where he brought in Jacob Verana from the Washington Capitals. Where he traded Anthony Mantha. Verana has shown that I think he's going to be a cornerstone home player. Mm-hmm. Player of this franchise, and plus, you got to remember that in this upcoming draft, they're going to have twelve picks in six rounds. Right. So, two first rounders, and the first rounder they got from Washington this year, that one may not be so low because the Capitals are on the verge of getting knocked out. Mm-hmm. So, I don't. So, if they lose the Bruins, then yeah, you're going to have probably play a, a first round pick in like the 20s. Right. Mm-hmm. which will be which will be good which will be good. You can get a couple get a couple of good players and of course where are you going to fall in in the NHL lottery? The Wings have the sixth best odds to get the number 1 pick, but That's not bad. But then again in hockey though, the even prob- if you get the number 1 pick, it doesn't mean that's immediate. Well, immediate the th- the thing impact. is the the Red Wings have never had luck with the draft lottery. <laughs> mhm. Hey, they've always ha, somebody's always gotten past them, mm-hmm. and of course, people will bitch and moan. Oh, the lottery's stupid. Hey, look, do I think the lottery is good? No, honestly, I'd rather just you know, say that. I'd say make it more like the NBA lottery, where you're not. Well, let's say you do get a top three spot, you got the same odds to land the mm-hmm. number one pick, and it's not too. It's not too often that there's going to be some chicanery where somebody who is like just on the outside will jump in. But you also have to take into consideration that the Seattle Kraken are going to have their expansion draft this summer, which means you got to protect players, don't you? Is this how the NHL works? You have to protect certain players that you don't get taken. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see who Seattle takes from Detroit. Uh, I wouldn't. I've heard I've heard projections say Evgeny Svechnikov might be somebody who gets taken because I don't think they're gonna. I don't see a. I can't really see a deal where Steve tries to say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna offer you this player, and we're gonna give you a little sugar if you do so." Oh, but uh, I think he's just gonna say, "We'll expose somebody that hopefully Seattle takes them." Mm-hmm. And plus, I think. I happen to see this from Prashant Thayer of The Athletic. He wrote a special piece on winging it in Motown that another move that will likely be made is they use a buyout on Franz Nielsen, who's got, I think, another, I want to say, one or two years left on his deal. Mm -hmm. But he hasn't been producing at all, so it's just going to be like, Franz, thank you for all you've done. It's time to part ways. (laughs) Get rid of him, huh? Yeah, and it's basically going to... And the the cap hit's not going to be that significant because they're also going to have like a ton of cap space and free agency to play with. So, mm-hmm. oh, Steve might be able to swing, might be able to get make a bigger signing in the off season, and then heck, he might even throw an offer sheet at somebody like Elias Pettersson and the Canucks, who could very well be in cap hell. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm not sure. But I'm not sure if he's willing to go that brazen if he wants to accelerate things or not. That's stuff that remains to be seen. So right. it's just kind of the I guess t- my question here is when you're saying stay tuned, in the next two years, where do you see the Red Wings at? Yeah. I mean, because well, next year, obviously, I don't think you're going to get to the playoffs, right? <clears throat> well, Bless I'm you, not. Whatever you're doing over there. What do you think? I'm not expect. <coughs> Excuse me. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. <coughs> oh, man. Jeez, Frank, what's going on over there? <laughs> Allergies. Oh, okay. Getting choked up over the Red Wings, I see. Okay, here we go. Nah. But, um, I mean, look, realistically, do I think they'll make the playoffs next year? The way they are right now, no. I mean, uh, it's obviously going to depend on how much the roster changes in the offseason. And obviously, Mort Sider will be over here on the blue line. I think that's going to make the their blue line better. Mm-hmm. Who do you bring in via free agency? He and stuff like that. And obviously, who Blasher wants to bring in as an assistant. Those are steps where I could say, yeah, they could take a step towards being a playoff team as the ceiling. But realistically, I say, you know, they'll kind of be like a cockroach. They'll just hang around. Mm -hmm. But in the end, they'll probably just peter out. Right. Which, again, that will that'll be that'll be what I would consider significant progress. But again, it's going to remain to be seen now if things just go to hell in a handbasket, then I think Steve's going to have to pull the plug. And, or maybe the plug might get pulled on him. Eh, I don't think that's going to happen. Why not? Because he's Detroit's golden boy? <laughs> well, because Chris, well, because that would go to ownership. Mm. And as I have seen with another team owned by the Illich family, mm. they don't seemingly want to get rid of a GM who hasn't done squat dilly poo poo since he was hired. Okay. And I'm referring to one Al Avila. Okay, well that's that, that's that's true. Your but your Tigers have been winning though. Oh yeah, they've won some. They won some games. I saw Spencer Turnbull throw a no hitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and they're see, not and they're not in the basement of the AL Central. Right? Are you are usually you like to call it the AL Comedy Central? <laughs> okay. And we'll be talking about baseball a little bit better later with Dan Jeffrey. And I see you got a Red Wings hat on. Yep. Oh, cool. So that's it with your power play. Yep. Nice. That was a good power play there, Frank. Um, right, pre- precise and to the point. And we talked a little bit of Red Wings hockey, which, you know, we all know you're a diehard uh, Red Wings fan. So, you know, we'll, we'll do this for you right here. And on that horn there. Anything else, Frank? Uh, nope, I've mentioned when uh, playoff games are going to be on, so people will know. Oh, also one more quick note. Who else is going to be broadcasting NHL next season? Turner Sports. Some games will that. be on TNT. I saw that. <laughs> nah, they're not going to have Chuck and Kenny, though, doing the pregame. But who, I who, I would, mean, they like, who would be equivalent to Chuck and Kenny, though? I've, I've heard rumors that uh, Eddie Olchick might be on Turner Sports. Mm-hmm. Or it's just, but only, but that's the only time NBC will release him because they still like to keep him around as a horse racing analyst. Mm-hmm. Gotta get them horses. And I mean, beyond that, I re- I'm not really sure who else they'd bring on. Unless, 
unless they want to throw unless they want to throw somebody that's done basketball commentary, right. play like, like Kevin Harlan or uh, or uh, Brian Anderson, mm-hmm. and they're one of the, one of the or probably some of the guys that have done bat, college hoops on CBS. We'll see how that goes. But your signer should be calling in pretty soon. We'll take a quick commercial break. You listen to 88.3 WTs. After further review, make sure you always check us out. Actually, on SoundCloud and iTunes. You've been referring them to our podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes, Frank? Yeah. Picture of Frank Vash on the horse's head. WHT's after further review. Um, next weekend, we won't be here. But what about June? How's your June looking? Are we back in the saddle? I know we get that first session of baseball and basketball, AAU basketball. And then we kind of get back in June in the, the chair and then July. Well, I know I know the first Saturday of June will be baseball district, so I'll probably... Oh, Michigan, that's right. You guys are later than us, yes. Yeah. So, well, that Saturday I'm probably going to be watching Blissfield in their district, mm-hmm. which I think they'll win. And then, of course, their regional is going to be tough because they're likely going to... They'll have to play Clinton in the uh, first round of in like their of the Super Regional, mm-hmm. well, more than likely... But then they'll probably end up running into who uh, either Riverview Gabriel Richard or Gross Point Woods University Liggett, who are also in have been one of the top twenty five teams in the state. Okay, so no, not so, saying they can't that they can't beat them, but that's gonna we'll see we'll see how it goes. I'm hoping that uh, Blissfield can uh, bring home number eight. Well, and the, just basically in a couple of weeks we'll be back in the studio. Basically, yeah. all right. You're listening to 88.3 WTs. Uh, after further review, coming up next, hopefully we'll get Dan. What's his last Dan name? Dan Jeffrey. Dan Jeffrey on, and uh, we'll talk what, it, what it's like to be a baseball umpire. I'm interested in this because you know it, it takes a lot to be a referee and an umpire in these sports, especially you're losing a lot of people, um, and people are just rude. <laughs> just just parents in general are rude to coaches and referees, and they just don't get it sometimes. So we'll have, hopefully, Jan, Dan Jeffrey on the other side of the corner. Other than that, keep listening to us here on 88.3 WXUTs. After further review, we'll be back after this.